Hi there and welcome to Inside Rugby League, podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. My name's Richard Byram and joining me on the line as usual again this week is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter, as you'll know, is the Chief Rugby League Writer for the Yorkshire Evening Post. We've been away for a couple of weeks, for one reason or another, and last weekend was an international break. So not much has happened, well, say not much, Wakefield have won two games while we've been away, so obviously something very important has happened. Perhaps first, Pete, if we... Uh, if we have a look at uh, the international game and then maybe head on to look at this weekend's fixtures. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Wakey winning a, a couple of games. I mean, regular listeners, should we have such a thing, will yeah. um, we'll know that that we've said all season that Wakey win and lose matches in, in bursts. Um, they went on that seven-game losing run and we both said when they break it, they'll win at least a couple. Um on the trot and they they did that and um in dramatic fashion came back from the dead to beat hull and then um equalized i think it was four times against warrington at home and then scored a light winner and um that's sort of just seems to be the way wakey do things once they once they get some confidence they're a difficult team to stop but when they when they're out of form it takes it takes them a lot of um a lot of time to get to, to regain their self-belief and, and to get back in a, into a rhythm. But I think they're um, probably a team on the up at the moment. Tough game this week away at Salford. Um, but if they can win that, I think it will virtually banish any relegation fears if they still have any. They're um, looking at the table now. They're six points ahead of Toulouse as it is, and that's probably going to be enough as we keep saying to lose or win some games at home particularly in the um, in the mid- midst of summer when the the temperature down there is is really um makes it difficult for english teams but i'm not sure to lose are going to win many away games i don't think they'll win um four more games than wakefield this season so i think wakey are more or less safe but a, a win at Salford this week move them um, up at least one place potentially a couple of places in the table and, and they can start to build for next year um, we mentioned the international they obviously had a, a few players involved in um, in that and they all did okay for the combined nations all-stars I thought that was a strange sort of occasion really it was quite low key um, a crowd of 9,000 just over officially announced. Um, there wasn't a great atmosphere. I think the problem with it was, I think some of the fans were weren't sure who to support. Really, obviously, um, you'd expect people to support England, but if if you were a Rhinos fan, for example, there was one player playing for England and four players playing for the combined nations. So, who do you support in those circumstances? Um, all a bit low key. I thought England played okay. Um, they. Defended pretty well, only conceding one try against a big physical side. Um, missed some opportunities on attack, but but um, scored some good tries as well. Three tries. Um, they'll need to be better when they come up against Samoa in the opening game of the World Cup. But I think it was a solid foundation. You could tell that they'd not spent an awful lot of time together. And there are some players to come back, both from injury and ones in the NRL who weren't selected last weekend and I think England will be in a, a stronger position 
when the World Cup starts in four months' time. But they certainly look more prepared now than they were 12 months ago when they lost to the All-Stars in the mid-season test. And, of course, that was also due to be four months before the um, the World Cup started, but the World Cup was postponed because of COVID. So that, that postponement might have done England a favour. Um, England women played France in um, in the curtain raiser and Leeds players played pretty well in that. I thought it was an all Leeds halfback combination of um, Georgia Roach and Courtney Winfield Hill, who um, is Australian born but's played all the rugby league in this this country and is now qualified to play for England. I thought they went well. Um, France were quite competitive as well, which I think bodes well for the um, for the World Cup. It's likely to be Australia and New Zealand in the final, I think, realistically, of the women's event. But England will have hopes of maybe getting there if, with a with a fair win. But you need more than three strong teams. And the fact that France are competitive um, helps, I think. Um, there was also a wheelchair international at the weekend, England against France, which England won. Um, France are the world champions at wheelchair rugby league. They're very, very difficult to beat. Um, France weren't at full strength, but it was encouraging from England's point of view that they won that one. And um, also a bit of a fillet for Leeds Rhinos who play Catalan's Dragons on Saturday in Hull in the wheelchair Challenge Cup final. Um, I think Leeds have won it two years running, but I think Catalan might well go into that one as narrow favourites just because they've they've got a team full of French internationals plus um, one player who played for England at the weekend. Um, they're very strong, Catalans um, and French wheelchair rugby league in, in general. But Leeds, um, it's a great opportunity for Leeds. If they could win it three years running, that really would be something special. So um, best of luck to them for that. And um, just one last word on the internationals. Um, asked after the game about the um, the hooking situation, Sean Wayne said that he thought Michael McAlorum had been the best hooker on the field. I thought Cruz Leeming was was head and shoulders above any of the other um, the other rakes involved at the weekend. He was picked for combined nations, didn't get in the England squad. Um, I thought he really put his hand up and showed he's um, he's up there with the best in certainly in Super League at the moment. And I would hope that um, Sean Wayne is going to consider him for the uh, for the World Cup squad. Also a good effort from Mikoledski, who made um, I think was made the fourth most meters for England, the Leeds prop. He I suspect he's probably going to be in that World Cup squad. And that's um, that's another good story, Mick. Being born in Poland, didn't start playing until his teens and has made fantastic progress. And it was really good to see him out there on Saturday and playing well for, his, for, uh, for England. Yeah, I'd say I didn't see much of the game itself, but I've read the reports, obviously, by yourself, and James on the YP, James O'Brien, and also interviews with Cruz Leeming after the game, in which he was certainly happy with the way that he played. Um, one thing that did strike me about the the setup of the international, which I thought was good, was the fact that those players like Cruz, who didn't get picked for England, could play against England and, and 
make a point to the coach right right under his nose, as it were. And I'm sure that's what Sean Wayne wanted as well. You know, I'm sure that he probably, in fact, picked his England team thinking, well, if I give Combined Nations those six guys, I can see maybe 20, 22 of my possible squad in action all at the same time. And, you know, from that point of view, obviously, it's a worthwhile exercise. We've spoken many times again regarding the difficulties with international rugby league and trying to get games played and so on so you know if that's the best alternative at the moment then then so be it it seemed to be a good hit out and uh, you know we've given Sean Wayne plenty to think about some players will have furthered the cause and others may well have ruled themselves out of his thinking uh, but you know from that point of view at least a worthwhile exercise and I'm sure the players themselves will have benefited from having a few days together, both on and off the field, getting to know each other. And uh, as Sean said many times, the door's still open. Uh, and he, I think his selection on Saturday showed that, you know, obviously guys like Ryan Hall coming back in, um, but also you know, young players like Mikoledski being given a chance too, um, to stake their claim. So, you know, still plenty to play for. And as you say, some more players to come back in from the Australian game. And, uh, you know, as we've said again on here, I like Sean Wayne as a coach. And I think, you know, if anyone's going to mould a team in a short period of time, which is capable of at least competing with the Aussies and the Kiwis, then I'm sure Sean's the man. And uh, look forward to seeing how the next few months go. Let's just hope that all our key players, I know it's nigh on impossible to do, but let's hope the vast majority of our key players stay as fit and healthy as possible between now and the kickoff against Samoa. And just going back to Wakefield for a minute, as you say, Peter, a couple of great wins there and certainly feel a lot happier than I did the last time we spoke. Um, the whole game I managed to listen to on the radio, which was uh, a bit of a novelty these days. I don't often get to listen to the games on the radio, but it was a very exciting finish and uh, showed that you know when Wakefield are on the game, they are capable of of beating anyone really I think we said before the whole game that we fancied the chances because Hull were the sort of team that Wakey do beat in one-off games and they did so again and also the Warrington game too uh, kept going behind but never gave up and, and got the win in the end that their efforts deserved and say a win against Salford this weekend and I'm, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll surely cement Wakefield's uh, survival in Super League if they haven't done so already. I, th I think that probably they have already, but uh, still, you know, now let's look back up the table again instead of worrying about Toulouse and maybe drag a few more teams around us into it and maybe head back up towards sixth spot. And I see as well, uh, while we've been away, that Wake have been putting in plans at long last to finally renovate Bellevue and get rid of the old stand and again, obviously that can only benefit them going forward if they remain in Super League, uh, create more revenue, more interest, maybe get more people down there to a more modern-looking stadium, more families and so on, uh, and build for the future generations too. As we know, they've got a hard car of loyal fans who've stuck with them through thick and thin, uh, but you know, maybe more people will be attracted to them if they have a better ground to go and sit and watch the game in. Yeah, I was talking to um, Michael Carter, the chief executive, um, about the stadium redevelopment at the Warrington game. Um, 
actually asked him if he'd start if it had started yet um the demolition on the on the main stand and he was like what what do you mean i said well i, was, I wasn't sure if um if i'd noticed when it actually started <laughs> um we didn't go down too, <laughs> too well but that's um he was telling me that's due to begin in july um i think it's going to be a, a major operation for um for wakefield to continue playing while the work's being being done or some of it's being being done so good good luck to them for that um that what they're going to do is obviously demolish the the main seated stand first and uh, temporary seats are going to be put in um behind the posts while that work is being um is going on there's I think the plan is for in the off season to renovate the um the main standing terrace behind the behind the um the posts where most of the home fans stand um and the rest of the ground is is effectively staying as it is the holiday flats at one end and the um the long terrace on the other side of both remain um but it it will certainly give Wakefield a lot better facilities in terms of of um restaurant facilities um there'll be a, a two-tiered stand there's going to be new changing rooms the car park will be improved it'll it'll tidy the old place up considerably and and it's certainly what wakefield need yeah um they've been, they've been trying to get a new stadium for um for so long throughout the time in super league and it's not happened unfortunately um but this is this is going to be a, a positive move for the club it'll make it a better place to watch rugby league obviously if if finances become available then they can maybe think about improving the other sides of the ground but it'll certainly be a step in the right direction and, and best of luck to um to them for that i mean michael carter's done a really good job of of keeping the club going through some difficult circumstances on and off the field obviously that the cost of living crisis isn't helping anybody um, and it's not having a, a, a good impact on on rugby league clubs. The crowd for the um, for the game against Warrington was was pretty disappointing. I think it was less than four thousand. But um, Michael Carter and the band of volunteers who who spend a lot of time down at Bellevue were keeping the club going. And um, and good luck to them. I think potentially. The, the futures are looking a little bit brighter for for Wakefield once they get this work done. It should generate more revenue, and that they'll be able to put some of that back into the the team. Hopefully, spend a little bit more on quality players, and and perhaps push to be a, a regular um, side competing for the top six rather than one whose aim every year is to avoid relegation, which it is realistically is at the moment. Um, so yes, good luck to everybody at Wakefield for that. Yeah, certainly I'd, I'd echo all you've said there, Peter. Uh, it can only be for the best that Bellevue's improved. And as we've seen with other clubs, uh, more income coming in means ultimately better team. Better team means more people taking an interest. More people taking an interest means a better team. And hopefully maybe even other investors or sponsors might come on board. Uh, as you say, it's easy to forget sometimes the general cost of living crisis it's affecting everyone at the moment, or most people, and obviously uh, rugby league supporters in particular, I would imagine, they generally come from working class backgrounds, don't they? And, and it's, it's people are really feeling the pinch at the moment. And I, I, I guess 
going down to the rugby league maybe wasn't the priority it once was if, if other things are to be paid for instead and there's nothing much either the fans or the club can do about that at the moment but uh, you know as you say in the looking at the longer term obviously hopefully things will improve again for people and also for the club and uh, you say maybe not just on the field but other people may get interested off the field as well if, if there's a better ground and a better team and one which has a chance of competing rather than just surviving yeah uh, just quickly then Peter just looking ahead uh, St Helens and Leeds on Thursday and Cass and Catalans on Sunday uh, Leeds had a disappointing <clears throat> defeat to Huddersfield before uh, the international break I was quite surprised by that result I must admit Um no, it doesn't get any easier for them this week either. No, the, I think they've lost nine on the trot against um, St Helens and haven't been competitive in most of those. I think that's that's the target to go there and make Saints work for their victory. Um, I, I can't really see Leeds, Leeds winning it, certainly not based on the way they played against Huddersfield. In the, in the first half an hour, they're out of that, um, they're out of that game. Um, Saints tend to start well and, and we've often been to TW Stadium and, and Leeds have been 20 points down in the blink of an eye really and, and then the game's gone I think Leeds um, are going to have a decent squad out um, Aidan Caesar will be back I've spoken to Rowan Smith about it and he says he will start at half back so that's a boost I think um, Harry Newman's going to start in the centres James Bentley is back from his latest ban. So it's a it's a pretty strong 17 leads are going to put out. Um, and we just need to see that they can be competitive with one of the top teams because it, it's a long time since they've beaten a side who are contending for the title. And um, I think they just need to show that they are improving and they're, they're getting closer to sides like St. Helens. Lost 26-0 to them at home earlier in the season. Um, which believe it or not, was actually an improved performance on on some of their previous displays. Um, I think Leeds have improved since then, but not enough to go there and win, I'm, a, I'm afraid. Um, in Castleford, Catalan's an interesting one, isn't it? You'd, yeah. Catalan's second in the table. You'd, you'd probably expect them to win. You just don't know what you're going to get from Castleford. They're, they're so inconsistent. Um, from week to week and within games, they can be great for half an hour and terrible for the rest of the um, of the rest of the match or they can play really well one week and not so well the next it, it's very frustrating um, to watch really I, I think Lee Radford is getting frustrated by it but um, he's still in the first year of his contract there obviously and and I think he, he sees it as a long term project there um, they're hanging in there in the top six they're in sixth place um, I'm not sure they're going to climb that much higher. Potentially, if they get everybody back, they could do, but they'd, they'd have to string a run of wins together, and they don't really show any signs of of doing that. Um, Catalans probably aren't going to be able to catch St Helens for for top spot, but they want a decent um, a decent position on the table to to book a home semi final. Um, so it's a it's a big game for them as well. I think that that that's an interesting fixture. Um, both teams had some some players involved last weekend in the internationals. Um, tough one to call. I think I think Cass are capable of winning that, but 
only if they um only if they improve significantly on the last um, the last couple of performances. I think if you if you had to put your money on it, you'd probably um, you'd probably back Catalans um, to win that one. Although their their form of late hasn't been hasn't been startling. They had that um, home defeat to Huddersfield a few weeks ago, which was one of the most um, amazing results of the season. Huddersfield going there five days after yeah. the six days after the cup final. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I, th- I think Catalan will probably just edge that one. But but that, I'm going to that, and I think that should be a, I think that should be a good game. Yeah, it's a funny one. After the Catalans lost to Huddersfield, I had a look at the table and I was actually surprised that Catalan was second because I, I get, like you, I, I kind of imagined in my mind that they haven't had as good a season this year as they did last or maybe the season before. And I thought, oh, they, you know, they must be down fourth, fifth this year. And when I saw that they were actually still second, I was I was really surprised, which probably says something about them that, you know, they, they are get as you say, probably won't catch Saints at the top, but they're, they're still doing enough to, to hang on to second. Um, I, I agree with you regarding Cass. They are very inconsistent. They remind me a bit of how Huddersfield were last year in Ian Watson's first season in charge, where you suspect that half the team is his and half the team isn't. And when when Lee gets a full 13 or 17, that he can say, these are all my guys and these are the guys I want. I think that Cass will probably step up again. Uh, but just at the moment, he's probably having to fill in a few square pegs in round holes and so on, or maybe players he'd like to move on but hasn't been able to yet. And uh, w- when he can get put his full stamp on the team, as probably Ian Watson's done this season uh, with great success, I think that Cass will kick on again. And uh, I noticed actually their suggestions they're going to sign Dra- Jack Broadbent uh, from Leeds at the end of this season. I noticed he moved out to Featherstone on loan this week. Um, talk of him joining Cass next year. So again, a, another good young signing for Cass, and obviously somebody who Lee wants in the squad. Yeah, just just on that, um, just been speaking just a few minutes ago to Rowan Smith about that, and he has he has confirmed that Jack Broadbent will be leaving Rhinos at the end of this season. Right. Um, he's obviously played his last game for the club. I mean gone to Featherstone on loan until the end of the year. Um, there's no official confirmation of where he's going, but um, but he's, it is believed to be um, to be Castleford. And I think he's a good signing for them. I yeah. think he's still very much a work in progress. But um, he's got a decent record of, of scoring tries, probably needs to improve his defence a bit, but he's only 21. You'd expect that. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he'll be a... I think he'll be a good recruit for uh, for Castle. I'm sorry to see him leave Leeds. Really, having come through their um, their academy, yeah. I think their thinking is that they've they're fairly well covered in that position. Obviously, Harry Newman um, he's now back from injury. He's going to start against Saints. Apparently, um, there's Liam Sutcliffe and Reese Martin can play in the um, in the centres. Although we don't know what he's going to be doing next year whether he's still going to be at the club to sell Zach Hardake who can play at centre who, who is also um, coming up for uh, the end of his contract um, there's the youngster Levi Edwards who um, who is highly thought of so I think Leeds think they've got um, and Max Simpson 
young kid who um, who played a few times earlier in the season and looked very good. So I think Leeds think that they're they're pretty well covered in that role. But it is it is a shame to see a player who's come through the ranks and and done well. And last year he was the Evening Post shooting star, yes. the most impressive young Rhinos player. Um, it's a shame to see him move on, but obviously Cass wants him. Um, hopefully he'll get a bit more game time there than he has for Leeds this year. And uh, I wish him all the best. Certainly. Uh, just a couple of final points, Peter. Uh, talking of Featherston, they lost to Lee since we were last talking. Um, bit of a shake-up there at the top of the Championship. Certainly throws it wide open and makes it more interesting for the second half of the season, doesn't it? Uh, I was quite surprised that uh, Lee had such a convincing win, but uh, they must have been on it on the day anyway. Yeah, I didn't see the game. Um, there were Obviously, it was a bit controversial. There were a few few cards shown late in the, the match. But, um, but yeah, probably a bit of a wake-up call for Featherstone, particularly yeah. after the um, after the 1895 Cup final defeat to Lee as well. They're now second in the table, point behind Lee. Um, they're still looking to strengthen. Both teams are still looking to strengthen. Um, I think <laughs> Broadbent will be a good addition to Featherstone for the for the rest of this um, of this season. But, what happens in the league doesn't mean an awful lot, to be honest. No, the, those two teams are going to be first and second on the um, on the table. They're going to meet in the um, in the grand final, and it's all going to unless something really strange happens, and it's all going to come down to eighty minutes at the end of the season who yeah. gets promoted to um, to Super League. And I, I still think that um, that Featherston have got got every chance of um, of doing that, and you know they will learn from. From their defeats, they've lost to to Lee twice now, and and that will give something for uh, Coach Brown McDermott to work on and um, to look to fix up and put right. And I'm I'm sure he will. I, I certainly wouldn't bet against them beating Lee in the one game that's really going to matter right at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. So I was just smiling there when you said about we've chatted before about the stockpiling of players at Lee and Featherston and mm-hmm. still going on and. And loads of other players from their clubs out on loan elsewhere, but it's it's all in the rules. And you know, as I say, they're both looking really for the right formula for that one game that'll decide everything. Uh, but uh, you say interesting times ahead for both clubs. And just very finally, Peter, I know it's the other code, but one of our favourite men in rugby, Kevin Sinfield. His Leicester Tigers team won the Rugby Union Championship at the weekend, and I don't think there's any denying the influence that Kevin's had on the setup there. I, I saw some of the game uh, without going into too much detail, but the final drop goal would have been one that Kevin would have been proud of himself, and uh, you know, good, good for him. You know, anyway, just thought that he was worth a mention too. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased for him. He's a good guy. Kevin, um, I'm a big big admirer of Kevin Sinfield on and off the field. Um, and he's obviously had a, a positive influence. I'm just disappointed it's in a different sport and not Indeed. in rugby league. Yeah. I really do hope um, the code can find a way of, um, of tempting him back at some stage in a not too, um, not too distant future, preferably to, uh, to Leeds. Yep. Yeah, that would be good to see. Um, certainly, you know... The game can ill afford to lose people like that, as we know. And uh, 
seems to be a lot of one-way traffic in that direction at the moment, but hopefully one day things will turn around again and these people can be tempted, like Kevin, <coughs> excuse me, they can be tempted back to the 13-man game. And on that note, Peter, I think we'll call it time there for this week. Thanks again for your expertise and insight. It's good to chat to you again. Uh, hopefully we'll be back in the near future. My weekly reminder that you can get the very latest rugby league news from Peter's Twitter feed at Peter Smith YEP and at YEP Sports Desk. And also from the Yorkshire Evening Post website, yorkshireeveningpost.co.uk, where you can find this and other editions of the podcast, which are also available on Google Anchor, Spotify, Apple and other platforms. Thanks again for listening and hopefully we'll be back soon. Thank you.